Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night, turning the pages eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str. You have somehow ended up listening to the stuff that's real that you didn't know was real but also is cool podcast or sturdy dick were bayek or uh never mind Well, we hope you liked that amazing intro created by none other than some person I have forgotten the name of on Fiverr. Oh, that poor guy. That that's poor a, guy. He did a great a job. a rude thing to say. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> intro. It's a good intro. But I take partial credit because I think I wrote it and did the music for it. So he just did the yeah. voice. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. nobody wants to hear my voice. That's why I talk for 45 minutes on this show, interspersed with somebody else whose voice you don't want to hear. And that is my great friend, sometimes... What's the right word for it? My schizophrenic personality, my better half, Kevin Tumlinson. <laughs> You're the second man in my life who has referred to me as his better half. So that's uh, starting to get a little bit on the alarming side. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see yeah. here. Well, if you don't know, if you're just joining us, we are authors. We write action adventure thrillers, among other things. And we're, we're okay at it. And what that really means is we are researchers. We look stuff up all day, every day, and we write about them. The type of research that we do is often eclectic. It's often rooted in truth, but sometimes gets into some tangential fiction. But it's all interesting. And so we created a show where we could talk about that stuff. If you're a writer, if you're writing the kind of stuff we're writing, or if you're just interested in wacky, crazy, cool, interesting things, this is the show for you because we talk about wacky, crazy, interesting things. You might even say, we talk about stuff that's real, that you didn't know was real, but also is cool. And we're your hosts, Nick Thacker and Kevin Tomlinson. Hello. It was quite the intro. Let's say that was an intro. intro. I'm going to start yeah, doing that. Intro. It's going to happen. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, you want a bonus stuff that's real that's related to your, your Ooh, intro I do. There? Yeah, let's get a bonus. Let's drop a bonus stuff that's real in here. Go for it's it. It's sad. It's kind of sad, actually. Okay. But you know, and some of our listeners may know, that for years I had a show called The Wordslinger Podcast. Uh, which had a whole cool intro with some original music and an original announcer reading a script I wrote. And I built all that using Fiverr and hired a guy to do the music, hired a guy to do the introduction. And then a couple of years later, I wanted to change some of the verbiage for the introduction. So I reached out to the guy again, never heard back from him. And then over the next couple of years, I kept reaching out and saying, hey, I'd love you to be the voice. You're the voice of the show. Never heard from him. So I went looking for him, see if I could find him elsewhere. I thought maybe he just dropped off Fiverr. And so I finally tracked him down. And he turns out he worked in uh, news and uh, you know did a whole bunch of voice work and stuff on the side. And uh, the Fiverr thing was just kind of an extra bit of cash. But in my research, I discovered that he had passed away shortly after recording the intro of my show. 
I bet it was right after. I bet <laughs> he hung like, up the microphone and was like, <laughs> might have been. He might have like sent that file and just keeled over. I think I he think killed, killed him, him actually. Yeah. But so my intro is the last remaining recurring thing from that like guy's the, body of work. The last recorded like voice years. Of, of him. Yeah. yeah. I actually did a shout out tribute to him once I found out on the show. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's, cool. That's a little sad. It's all right. We'll move on. No. I'm going to lift this up here. I'm going to lift this up here. You ready for this? I'm going to play mm-hmm. a file. I think you should be able to hear this. If I can find it. Here you go. Listen to this. You hearing that? Yep. I got 20 minutes of this, so just buckle up. Yeah. So this is like what my stomach sounds like when I eat too much bean dip. (laughs) This is what I always imagined the stethoscopes sounded like when doctors put them on my chest. (laughs) This is the sound of acid reflux, folks. No, it's not the sound of acid reflux. This is the sound of biodata sonification. I told you I was going to talk about this stuff. I warned you I was going to talk about this stuff. Let me, uh, let's see, is this the right? Oh, yeah, so there's a bunch of links in here. But the first link here is this story about music for plants. What we were listening to was some hippie running around the woods with a synthesizer, poking mushrooms and trees and leaves, and then producing music based on the actual electromagnetic changes or like microcurrents effectively in these organic things, which I find really cool. I think that's kind of a neat, and I didn't know you could do that. Now there's some explanation needed here. I think, first of all, these little plants and mushrooms and stuff aren't like singing, you know, they're not like, this isn't their version of singing and making music. They're not like little, like the, I can imagine the mushrooms being like little, like tribal drum circles, you know, yeah. and the leaves are like, Ooh, like they're a choir. Uh, but that's my imagination. We don't even need to get into that, but that's not real. What is real is that every organic thing and maybe every inorganic thing, I actually don't know. I need to look at that part. But at least the organic stuff out in nature has little electromagnetic microcurrents that, that are going through it, just like we do. These people are little electronic yeah. machines. And, and you can actually measure these little changes in the electromagnetic current. Effectively, it's like averaging the brown noise that comes out of it and then turning, translating that averaged frequency essentially into a note. And frequency is you know, the, the pitch of music, right? Pitch of sound, I guess. And so if you translate that frequency and, and put it onto a, a scale, for example you have a musical note. Now that note doesn't, there's nothing to make that noise. So we need the synthesizer part. And that's where there's a company. The second link that I've got in here is this guy did a research project where he actually would take the translated electromagnetic stuff and he would average it out. And then each note he would feed into a program that is effectively a MIDI controller, a MIDI being musical instrument digital interface, which is a very, very popular way of producing music even today. It's an old protocol, but it's still what electronic musicians use. I use it all the time when I'm doing studio stuff. But that's just notes. Effectively, think of it as notes on a page that can yeah. sound like anything. So if you want it to sound like a guitar, we get a like a guitar sample library. And every note that shows up on the computer screen gets turned into, it plays back the sound of that recorded guitar. If we want it to sound like a piano, same thing. You know, you can actually buy these sample libraries. I've got a bunch of them where... They're real instruments that have been recorded, you know, digitally mastered. And then you play the MIDI instrument and it produces the sound of that actual thing that was recorded, violin, cello, whatever. So long story short, these guys have created this tool to go out into nature and they put these like little, they look like the, is it the, what's the heart attack thing? The Oh, defibrillator. Defibrillator. I was thinking yeah. ventribulator or something. <laughs> 
Not oh, that. Uh, the, so the, the, the defibrillator. It looks like the two little pads. Yeah. Uh, little tiny pads with like little AirPods like stuck to them. But it's a product you can buy and you go stick it on like a leaf and then it, you plug it in. You literally, it's got a, I think it is headphones actually. You plug it in an eighth inch male jack and you stick it into your MIDI controller or your synthesizer or whatever it is. And then you have to have something to produce a sound from it, like I was explaining, like a library or something. But then you can listen to the sounds that are created by your plants. And I'm assuming animals and children and all that, but I haven't tested that yet. Anyway, I'd never heard of this thing. I just thought it was super cool. Get this. Uh, so this guy's got this thing plugged in. There's a video I can link to as well. This is a YouTube video. I just grabbed the MP3 version of, but oh, that was sounds like a big mushroom. So he's plugged it into this stuff, and then he's running through a synth. It sounds like he's got like a square wave that's being modulated through a ring modulator. So he's adding all these effects and stuff to it, which you would have to do, of course, to make it sound cool. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting, man. Like music is getting lazier and lazier, and I think that's kind of funny. Well, you know, they've actually done things like this for decades, even before MIDI was a thing. You know, there were all kinds of experiments with, I'm trying to think of the era, but, you know, one of the first things that popped in my head was there was a guy who was experimenting on his, he had nothing else to work on. Uh, He had a lab and he had funding for something, but he was sort of in a pause mode on it. And so he connected electrodes to the houseplants that were in his lab and started running currents and things through them. I think I do uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so from that, they recorded all these frequencies and things. And basically, it was kind of horrific if you really <laughs> stop <laughs> to think about it. It's like these plants screaming in pain, basically. But you know, yeah. he had recordings of that. But you also have recordings from like the dark side of the moon. When the astronauts right. were there, they recorded radio frequencies, and those got translated into sounds. And so you got some really haunting, weird sounds. Yeah, I mean, it was space. Think about it or from a physics standpoint, like sound is just pressure waves, or more simply, they're just waves. And so you can take any other wave and yeah. put it onto some kind of spectrum that says, you know, if the peak up here is a higher note, the valley down here is a low note, and turn that into quote unquote music or sound, which is, I think, how they did the dark side of the moon stuff. You know, yeah. they don't think they had a microphone in space. Yeah. I think they actually translated some of the waves of deep space that were coming in, right? Yeah, and then that's, uh, and that's how things like frequency generators and stuff work as yeah. well. You know, interestingly, I read recently Andy Weir's book Hail Mary. I need to read that. Yeah, I haven't read that. You do need to read it. Now, it's a, yeah, I don't okay. want to spoil anything, but there is right. a scenario where visual things are being converted into sound, and right. uh, so things like a quote unquote camera that's aimed at a video screen so that it can translate the image on the screen into a pattern of sound waves. And so this is something that we do. You know, there's technology that can do this kind of thing. So it's interesting, though. I like the idea. This reminded me also of things they've done with oak trees. Like there's a whole the thing about oak trees that makes them pretty unique in the, like, well, I don't know how unique they are, but one of the cool things about oak trees is that they all grow their roots toward each other and oh. they form this network. They've actually done experiments where things you do to an oak tree six miles away can be picked up from another oak tree. Fantasy would be too out there. We could make this a thriller novel with some hard sci-fi bent to it. We'll go back to the Amazon because we need a new plant that no one's ever met before. And so that's where those plants live, of course, the Amazon, or maybe somewhere in like Congo, you know, somewhere deep in a jungle. 
And our scientists go out and they find this plant, they're studying it, and then somebody gets the idea to translate the data they're getting from it into sonification like this. And it's actually, it's like a recording of voices of like indigenous people that have like brushed against this plant. Mm -hmm. They get like little snippets of like, you know, people talking as they're running through the jungle or whatever. And then they do it with all the, so they're like, wow, that's insane. It's like effectively a recorder. It's got a memory of the people that have had that have touched this plant. And so they find other plants in this species somewhere else and they, specimens, that's the word I'm trying to look for, other specimens and they're testing it. And they finally find one where it's like, somebody is being murdered and you know, it happened like a year ago. And so now they're like, wow, we can solve this crime. Like this plant has recorded this person being murdered and that the other person's voice is killing them. And they've got enough data now to go and solve a case. I think it would be really interesting to tie this kind of thing in with like, let's say there's a combat situation and the enemy for some reason always knows what the good guys are going to do they always know their plans and they're trying to figure out like who's the spy where's the leak mm-hmm. and it turns out there's a housekeeper who comes in every evening and plugs an electrode into the house plant and plays back and records everything that was said in the presence of that house plant or something you know i like so it. it becomes this spy tool that nobody could even trace i like it yeah or something like that that would be interesting then you got to come up with resolutions and you know yeah, that's the tough part. <laughs> or I also like the idea of maybe someone finds a way to turn like this network of because mushrooms and funguses can have like these underground versions of themselves, you know, the below ground stuff where they're all connected. There's one here in the U.S. somewhere. It's like the largest fungus in the world. But if you think about it, like having something like that as this massive network, like maybe somebody with this technique, they figure out that they could use that as a kind of quantum computer or something, right? And it turns out to be the secret to faster than light travel or communicating faster than light across the solar system or something, you know? So as a sci-fi story, it becomes like this receiver and transmitter that, you know, no matter what planet you're on, as long as you've got these fungus to talk to each other, something like like that. that would be really interesting. I might have to steal all those ideas. Yeah, why not? That's why not? what we're here for. So give you ideas to steal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you got something for us? You got anything cool? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking of stealing ideas, this has nothing to do with that. But it does have something to do with the serial killer who allegedly left Amazon reviews for his weapons. I don't know why they say allegedly when they actually literally have the reviews. <laughs> I don't um, think they know what allegedly means. They're not I think they wrote literally properly. and they were like, we, nobody ever uses that right. So we can't use literally. But that's that's exactly what they meant. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> so, what they meant. Literally. Uh, Todd Cole Hepp, it was a citizen of Woodruff, South Carolina, a resident rather. And he was arrested in 2016 after they track down now he, there's a whole interesting story behind this and i've i've actually watched videos and th- stuff about this but they tracked down a missing woman named caleb brown who was on his property locked inside a metal storage container and then they found the body of her boyfriend on the property uh charles carver so that whole story was intriguing on its own just because this guy was a prominent like a uh, real estate agent or something in his area very well known very wealthy and he had uh sort of put the word out that he was looking for someone to help him out with some work on one of his properties. And this girl and her new boyfriend 
were in need of some money. And so they reached out to him and said, Hey, we'd love to help you out. And they, she, he knew her, uh, they worked together. So, you know, there was a relationship and what he did was lure them out onto his property, immediately took out a gun and shot the guy and then locked her into a cargo container. And just Jeez. over the course of the next month or so, you know, did very bad things with her. We'll leave it at that. But, you know, and she did whatever she had to do to survive, but, she, you know, she was mostly locked up in this cargo container the whole time. So now interesting things about this is he did stuff like he pretended to be her boyfriend on Facebook and try to throw misinformation in there. And people were, just weren't having it. Like the, he was saying things that this guy would never say. They were asking where she was, where he was. And he kept this up for quite a while until finally they tracked him down. But one of the things they discovered when they tried, so all that, by the way, is a thriller novel all on its own. Yeah, okay? but you know, I just hate that. St- I don't like true crime. I was yeah. using the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I, I like don't like people crime. like this. <laughs> I like thrillers because the people aren't real. I like serial killer stuff. I've got some serial killer stories. I don't like it. But here's where things get, to me, got took a turn for even more interesting. So apparently, this guy had been leaving reviews on Amazon for the tools he was using in his murders. And, and as it turned out, killing Charles was not the first kill. He'd actually been killing people for quite a while, including an entire biker shop full of people. But he would leave reviews like this. So he says, here's a review for a knife that he was fond of. He says, haven't stabbed anyone yet, but I am keeping the dream alive. And when I do, it will be with a quality tool like this. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) horrendous. It's a hilarious review if it's not a serial killer leaving Right. (laughs) And that's what he did. He would do this. He kept doing this stuff over and over again. Here's one for a, a, a small portable shovel. He says, Keep in car for when you have to hide the bodies and you left the full-size shovel at home. Does not come with a midget, which would have been nice. So that was his God. review for a shovel. The Serial uh, killer and insensitive. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> how dare you, sir? Yeah, he Here, killed a bunch of people. But what's worse, he didn't say little people. When they found the girl, Kayla, on his property, they had to cut away a bunch of padlocks. Oh, yeah. yeah. And his review for those was solid lock, have five on a shipping container, won't stop them, but sure will slow them down till they are too old to care. So when they found her, they actually did have to remove several padlocks from that container. So now if I say I'm blasé about this, it's only because I'm soulless, but also it's, (laughs) I've seen so much of this now that I wouldn't call myself desensitized to it, but I would say that the mind of the serial killer is really interesting to me. And uh, this is the kind of thing that if he had not imitated the guy on Facebook, they would never have found him. And so when they did catch him, he was so serene about the whole thing and at first denied it, but didn't like violently deny it. It's just like, you know, they said, we found her on your property. And he says, okay. And, you know, they take him in and they're questioning him. And he says, so, uh, you know, I, do you want to tell us? He tells us, well, I didn't do it. And that's it. And then when questioning him, finally, he opens up about it in a very nonchalant way and eventually tells them about other people he killed. And he just does not seem affected by it at all. So I'm sure not every serial killer is this way, but most of them aren't very emotionally adept. Empathy is not their strong suit, right? Yeah. What you would think is pretty much a requirement. Although there are serial killers who do get emotional, you know, 
But I guess we have to, so serial killer, like I'm talking sociopathic, like this guy, right? Like I would be a serial killer if someone came and, you know, came and hurt my family. Right. Like I'd go murder a bunch of people, but like, you know, that's out of emotion. (laughs) Okay. So no, that would not qualify you as a serial killer. A serial killer killer doesn't just mean killing more than one person. Right. It doesn't mean killing more than that. You'd be a mass murderer. Maybe. I did it all at once. Right. If you did it all at once, but even if you hunted them down one by one, you still wouldn't be a serial killer because your motivation was was revenge, vengeance, right? Yeah. They might label you a serial killer. I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but, is that, uh, there's like a legal term here, and I don't yeah. know what it means. But so there's a whole study. You know, there's been a great deal of study into mindset of serial killers, methodology, profiling. If you're familiar with, there was a Netflix series based on a book called Mind Hunter. Which, yeah, if you haven't. Encountered out well, you're not a big fan of true crime, but I mean, it's, I it's fascinating. Crime, it makes me uneasy. I get anxious. The true crime podcast and all that, like the closest thing I'll get to true crime is that Hulu show, Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Which is hysterical, by the way. If you haven't it's, seen that, it's good. It was very good. I, and it's I enjoyed funny. it. Yeah. So it's a little different than that. But what I'm fascinated by this, my thing is I study people. I always have. That's always been at the root of my interest in anything. It's the people, you know, if I'm looking at archaeology, I'm more interested in the anthropology side than I am in, you know, looking at the old artifacts and that sort of thing. I want to know what the cultural meaning of everything is. I think it would make me a better writer if I were more like you in that way, because I'm always like, oh, shit, I need a character to do this. Yeah, (laughs) I get this cool idea for a plot and I got to put people in it to actually carry out my evil plan. And I don't know how to get into the head of these people because I'm they all end up being sarcastic middle aged white guys. Which is, yeah, that means you have a sort of uh, prototype of a protagonist in your head, and you just write that protagonist. Yep. You know, so but yeah. That's, which, but that's not just the protagonist. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. The love interest yeah. is also a middle-aged white guy. That, that um, is a uh, villain is a middle-aged white guy. That All is the, a little any challenging. Kids they have, that's a, it's, they're actually middle-aged white guys. Yeah, that's a little challenging, challenging <laughs> side. But that's the, the serial killer is fascinating to not just me, of course, but I mean, because they are so outside the norm, I actually was talking with our friend Roland Denzel, Denzel. He pronounces it Denzel. I was telling him about some of this stuff, but I have this, the idea of a super predator, which is serial killer who doesn't fit the profiles. And so we may or may not know that they're a serial killer. We may or may not know that they're active, you know, because we hunt these people based on particular profiles that we learned through studying other serial killers. But we're only studying the ones that got caught. So there's always the chance that there's a super predator who doesn't take a stumble because of his ego or needing the attention or making mistakes. I think the the better we get at profiling the people we've caught, the more likely it is that there's a bunch out there that will never be. That's the way I feel as well. Because we haven't caught them. I'll tell you this for nothing. I think that if there are super predators, and I believe there are, I bet the majority of them are probably women. Mm. because the methods that women tend to fall back on. So they've got these profiles like, well, women tend to use poisons and they tend to use, you know, nonviolent methods of killing. And by the way, a lot of those are untraceable and undetectable depending on the circumstances. So I would bet that if there are super predators, we've got this notion that most serial killers are white males of a certain age who had certain sexual histories and traumas and things like that. That's the profile. And so that's where we look first. 
But to me, it comes down to the whole zebras and horses thing. Like, yeah. you know, when yeah. you hear hoof, hoof, hoof beats, you think horses, not zebras. And I think there are probably there are probably strings of murders out there that were committed by people who do not fit the profile, but sure. we're, we're yeah, looking for the horse. That makes so, sense to me. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Nice to little uh, letdown here for us, but uh, we're going to call hey, this look, one. <laughs> this episode I will be called, is, Let's Review a Serial Killer. <laughs> I think this is fascinating. This story in particular, though, the reason I latched onto it was because of the Amazon reviews. Like, yeah. you know, this guy was actively reviewing his tools of murder in a public forum. So, yeah, that's fascinating yeah. to me on its own. So I would definitely use elements like this in a novel. Have oh, used things yeah. like this. No, I think that this would make it some really interesting stuff. I would never write it because I can't do the crime. The only crime novels I've written were kind of, uh, they were edgy humor. Yeah. First and foremost. And, well, they were crime mainly, but. I was about yeah. to say, you got a whole series about a hitman. It's a hitman. <laughs> it's a hitman, but he only kills bad guys. And I don't go into why the bad guys are bad guys. They're all pedophiles and rapists, right? But I don't go into like their actions because it's all yeah. it's written in first person from the. I, I, guy's perspective so i had no idea you were so sensitive nick i I'm apologize no, I I, dude, you're not, no you're not triggering me or anything but <laughs> i don't watch shows like this like we don't do any of these kind of true crime shows um anything like i can't watch dexter for example which i know is a great dexter. show but i just can't watch it it's so so there's got to be some like uh, layer of abstraction of like so game of thrones is fantastic and there's yeah just as much gratuitous violence in that as any other show but and serial it, killers it, it's fantasy right yeah. it's not real and so i can make that connection in my mind but if i'm watching something psychological thrillers as books probably would be okay but if i'm watching them on tv or you know movies not my yeah. cup of tea i'd rather have action that's interesting stuff you didn't know but yeah. also is real and not very <laughs> cool the nick thacker story <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I got to jump off here. We have just passed the 31 minutes and four seconds mark, which is the official time that we yes. try to hit every week on the dot. <laughs> so that means we're done. We're done talking to you, we folks. Are, go no, leave a review on Amazon. <laughs> go leave a review on Amazon. Do not murder oh. us first, but just leave a review. Uh, that would be more than enough. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, no, you can't leave a review because this show isn't on Amazon, but you can leave a review on iTunes or maybe Spotify does. I don't think Spotify does it anymore, but we're wherever good podcasts show up. Joe Rogan Experience and then us. It's like those are the yep. two. Only ones you need One to and two, right? One there. and two. One and two right there. Go make it happen, folks. If you need to talk to us or want to, obviously don't call us. We've explained why during this episode, but you know, send us an email. You can reach us pretty easily. It's a thing called electronic mail, and it uh, happens magically through your computer. We're and hoping there's an you use. It's hello at sign stuffthatsreal.com. No other apostrophes or punctuation to worry about in there. So let us know if you've got a story that you think is cool that's also real. We may talk about it. We may ignore you. Just depends on how Kevin's feeling that day. It really does. Without further ado, we will let you get back to your regular scheduled programming. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Uh, see ya. Looking for a great new thriller? Check out Conundrum Publishing. We publish books that make you think. From mind-bending thrillers to heart-wrenching dramatic action-adventure novels, our books will keep you up all night. 
turning the pages, eager to find out what happens next. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to conundrumpub.com str for three totally free thrillers. You won't be disappointed. Again, three full-length action thrillers totally free at conundrumpub.com str.